And let's get into agreement this morning for the word of the Lord to go forth and for utterance to be given. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for your presence in this place today. We magnify you this morning. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us through the word of God and by the spirit of God. We give you praise and we give you, give you the glory ahead of time, for it's in the name of Jesus that we pray and everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now our text this morning is from the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah. And the title of this morning's message is, It Can Be Done. Look at your neighbor and say, It Can Be Done. Jeremiah is praying. He's in a situation where he needs the help of the Lord. And in Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 17, he says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. There is nothing too difficult. There is nothing too hard for him. The amplified version in this last part of this verse says this. There is nothing too hard or too wonderful for you. You know, you ask people, well, how wonderful would it be if you had a body free of pain? If you, had a stri- if you had a home with zero strife in it, or everything on the job was just going completely great, and you were getting promotions every other month, the children's tuitions were taken care of, your home was paid off, how wonderful would that be? And some people's response would be, oh, that would be wonderful, but it just seems like it'd be too wonderful. But folks, there's nothing too wonderful for our God. And so in response then to Jeremiah's prayer, we look down at verse 27. And here is his response. He said, Behold, I am the Lord. I am the God of all flesh. (laughs) Is there anything too hard for me? Nothing is too difficult for him. Now, let's take a look at this in Matthew chapter 19. We're going to look at a verse here in just a moment. But this is right on the heels of Jesus inviting the young rich ruler to come and follow him. He kept all the commandments. Jesus told him to go sell what he had and give to the poor. But the rich young ruler went away very sad because he had great possessions. And of course, Jesus says something in in this context. He says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And when his disciples heard it, they were completely amazed. And they said, who then can be saved? Now notice with me in the 26th verse of Matthew chapter 19. Matthew the 19th chapter, it says this, But Jesus beheld them. He looked at them and said unto them, With men 
This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Did you know that we must decide who we are with? And that our faith and that our believing connects you and determines exactly who you are with. I made the decision many, many years ago that I am with God. I have heard what he said. I believe what he said. I say what he said. I am with him. Is there anybody in the house this morning that is with God? And so in life, we will be faced with situations that seemingly in the natural realm seem impossible. You see, impossible means it can't be done. But possible means it can be done. Say it two times with me. It can. It can. It can can be done. Now, I want to pull up the Kenneth Weiss translation of this. This is a tremendous verse here. We don't really have it here, uh, but we pulled it up in Matthew 19, 26. And Jesus, having turned his eyes upon them and having considered, said to them, in the presence of men. Have you ever been in the presence of men where all they can talk about is doubt and fear and unbelief? What we don't have, what we can't do. Well, in the presence of men, as man look at this, it's impossible. It can't be done. But oh, in the presence of God. In the presence of God. In the presence of God. As he looks at this, come on. All things are possible. In other words, when you and I get over into the presence of God, we will begin to see as he sees. And we'll come to the understanding in the revelation That what man say can't be done, but with God, it can be done. Amen? And that's the message that I have for you this morning. Whatever you're going through, whatever trial you are facing, whatever roadblock you have hit, whatever lie that you have heard from the deceiver, I'm just dropped by to tell you this morning that it can be done. You can get a breakthrough from the head of the church. And I firmly believe in that. Because I believe that our Heavenly Father wants to do great things in your life. I believe that He wants to do great things in His church and in this church. But all it takes getting into His presence, folks, and staying in His presence to see what He sees And to see how he sees things. Now in Matthew chapter 13. Notice with me in verse 14 right on through verse 16. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Which says 
By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand. Say, that's not me. And seeing you shall see and not perceive. Then in verse 15, he says, for this people. Now, he's not talking about you because you're quick and you're bright and you're sharp. You're good looking. You're very rich. You're not dull. You're on fire. Just want you to know that. For this people's heart is wax gross. And their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they've closed. Lest at any time... They should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and and be converted or changed and I should heal them. Now pay very close attention to this next verse. This is part of the blessing upon your life. This is part of the blessing that Jesus came to give his life for you and I. It says here, but blessed are your eyes for they see. And blessed are your ears for they hear. Oh, listen, folks, it takes the blessing of God on our eyes and on our ears to look and to hear and to see what others do not. And I'm not only talking about people that are not saved. I'm talking about people that are born again. Say it with me. The blessing is on my eyes and the blessing is on my ears. I am blessed to see and I am blessed to hear. Is it important? Is it important for you and I to see things the way he sees them? Otherwise, life is going to be a total bummer without God's help in our life. If all we can do in this life is walk by sight and walk by our physical senses, we are not going to have victory. But oh, thank God, we are those who live by faith, walk by faith, and talk by faith. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen? Now look at in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 12. In the King James Version, it says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. The New Living Translation says, and I want you to read with me, ready, read. Ears to hear and eyes to see, both are gifts from the Lord. Oh, my brother, see it, hear it. It's a gift. When you see what everyone else sees and says it can be, can't be done, and you have eyes to see and ears to hear, and you boldly say it can be done. My brothers and sisters, he can open your eyes. Part of his messianic ministry when he was here on earth, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. And then he lists several things that he was anointed to do. And one of the things that he was anointed to do is to preach recovering a recovery of sight to the blind. I believe, my dear brothers and sisters, that that is not only natural blindness, but I believe that it is spiritual blindness. 
If you've lost vision, if you've lost sight, be recovered in this service today in the name of Jesus by getting over in the presence of God. How many of you remember a fellow by the name of Blind Bartimaeus? Blind Bartimaeus was in rough shape. He was blind. One day he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was walking by or was coming by. Something came up in his heart and he had hope because evidently he had heard that he opened the eyes of the blind, that he healed the deaf, that he raised the dead. And so blind Bartimaeus, hearing that Jesus walked by, said this, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me or have compassion on me. I want you to notice Jesus' response in verse 51 of Mark chapter 10. Notice the response of the master. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will you that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Now this was natural blindness. But somehow or another, I sense in my spirit that this needs to be our prayer. Lord, that I may have a recovery of sight. Enable me to see things the way you see them. Enable me to see things how you see them. Lord, that I may receive my sight. Everyone cry out, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And it might be a little bit repetitive today, but it does, in fact, take getting into the presence of God. Because in the presence of God, you'll see things you've never seen before. And it won't be weird. It'll be God. It won't be strange. It'll be God. Oh God, that we may receive our sight. That we may look at this disease the way you see it. By his stripes I was healed. That we may look at this deficit the way you see it. He is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. That we may look at this depression the way you see depression. Glory to God, that you are the glory and the lifter up of my head. That we may see as you see the word of the Lord given to you will paint a picture on the inside of you and enable you to see what God has done for you. Amen. Say it again, Lord, that I may receive, receive my sight. Some of you may have businesses. Some of you may have goals. Some of you may have some things that over the process of time and over the process of circumstances, they seem like they've just died. They seem like they're dead. I want you to know that we serve a Savior who rose from the dead. 
And we serve a God who can raise up dead visions. We serve a Savior that can turn things around. But it's going to take for you and I to get over with Him. Now, I said in the beginning of this message that I'm with him, but how about you? Who are you with? Are you with all the doubters? All those that are, their knees are knocking about the government and, oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to believe God that it shall be. Even as it was told us in the word of God. We're going to stand on our blood covenant. And we're going to walk in victory. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to worry. We're not going to fear. We're going to walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Say of me. I am. My family is. We're with God. So. Spend enough time with him so that he can change how you see. One of the greatest ways for this to happen is through prayer and praise. What does prayer and praise do? It brings us into his presence and has the power to change our perception and our perspective. Prayer opens our eyes. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I pray the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened and flooded with light that I may have spiritual understanding of all you've called me into, of all you've called us into, here at Heart of the Bay. I believe that I have eyes to see and ears to hear. So set your affection then on things above. Keep your mind stayed on Him. Live over in the presence of the Lord and the presence of the Lord will enable you to see clearly. Now, we see an account of this in 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings, the 6th chapter. Great, great verses of Scripture. I want us to say real strong right now, it can be done. Because I have eyes to see and I have ears to hear. Now, I want you to uh, pick this up with me in verse 8. And we're going to look right on through uh, verse 17. In verse 8, it says, Now the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass by such a place. For thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there not once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto him, Will you not show me 
which of us is for the king of Israel? I mean, he's upset. You get the picture here. Now notice with me in verse 12. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak us in thy bedchamber. Wow. I guess he must have been in the presence of God. He wasn't out playing tiddlywinks that day. No, he got a word from God. And that's what many of us need for our daily lives is a word from God. Amen. A word from God. That's why it's good to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Now, in verse 13, and he said, now here's what you do. Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dathan. Verse 14, Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. That word compass there means they came by night and they surrounded the whole city. Now, what this means is this. There was no way out. There's no way out. And that's the enemy's tactic, my brothers and sisters. To get you feel, to feel like you're in a rut. And that things will never change. And that there's absolutely, there's no way out. It can't be done. And this is the situation that the children of Israel were in. They were surrounded. They were stuck. But notice verse 15. How many of you know that Jesus is the way out? He always will provide a way of escape. But it takes being in the presence of God to know which way he's going to use for you to get out. Amen? He has means. He has ways because he is the way. But it must be received By us, by being over in his presence. Now notice in verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and went out, behold, a host surrounded the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what are we going to do? You ever been there? Yeah. I am working on getting that statement and that phrase out of my vocabulary for good. Because what are we going to do stops God from what He wants to do. And what are we going to do is a way of expressing worry, might as well be honest about it, fear and doubt and unbelief. So the servant went out there in the morning. He was definitely moved by what he saw. And he said, what in the world? I'm telling you what, the world don't have the answers. If you're looking to the world as what to do, you're looking in the wrong place. We must look to the Word. Some of you will get that about 5 o'clock this afternoon. Alas, my master, what are we going to do? I've been there. I've been there. 
And along with, what are we going to do? By backing that up is the pressure of working it out ourselves. Anybody ever been in that boat? Do not accept the pressure. Press through the pressure with his presence. Oh, come on. Press through the pressure of what are you going to do by getting over into the presence of God and he will show you exactly how it's going to work out. Come on, can you raise your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Get that out of your vocabulary. I'm working on it. I haven't arrived, but I'm getting there. I'm pressing toward the mark. How about you? Now notice in verse 16. And he answered and said, you better pack up and run. Don't you see the Syrians are coming against you? No. He said, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. For God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. Fear not. You know, I imagine the servant thought maybe that the prophet maybe was, hadn't had his espresso yet. Because the following statement completely baffled the servant's mind. He said, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Say it with me, God's with us and we're with God. In verse 17, I want you to see this. This isn't a long message today. But in verse 17, he said, And Elisha prayed, prayer, prayer, and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of this young man. You suppose if he did it for him, he'll do it for us? And here's what he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Did you know that's the answer to the prayer? That's the answer right there to the prayer. Open his eyes. And this is worth you coming to church today, so listen very carefully. What you feel like is surrounding you is actually being surrounded. What you feel like is surrounding you is actually surrounded by the King of Glory. And the presence of the Lord 
is there to take you through just like he took the children of Israel through to where the Syrians could not defeat them, but the Syrians were defeated. Listen very carefully. God's presence will come between us and the pressure that is on us. So I pray for you in the beginning of this month that your eyes would be opened and that you would not be afraid. The things that need to change in our lives is how we see them. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have surrounded us with the hosts of heavenly angels. I thank you, Lord God, that the angels of the Lord are working on our behalf. We say strongly and boldly this morning, since God is for us, who can be against us? Did you know the angels are working right now? When you declare that you're with God, the ministering angels go forth and sent forth to minister for them who are heirs of salvation. Jerry Savelle was, was stuck on a, on a freeway. His car had broken down. I believe he was on his way to Oklahoma City from Texas. And uh, he didn't know what to do. So it was very late at night and put some flares up. And all of a sudden, someone pulls up and uh, just hooks his car up and says, I'm sent here to help you. Jerry didn't get it. I'm sent to help you. So he pulled his car up. Cafe was there. And then there looked like a closed down garage was there. And the guy pulled out the keys, opened up the garage door, pulled his car in, did a few things, worked on it and fixed it. And then he went and filled his car up with gasoline. And he says, is there anything that I can do for you? Thank you. Here's some money. He said, no, I'm just doing what I was sent to do. Jerry still didn't get it. A few months later, he's doing that trip again. And he said, you know, I think I'm going to stop by that cafe and that garage, and I'm going to thank the owner of it. He stopped by there, and the garage was completely closed down. So he went into the cafe. He said, may I speak to the owner? So the owner comes out and says, yeah, it wasn't him. He says, I just want to, 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 to know who that person was that opened up that garage for me and filled my car up with gas and fixed my car. He says, that garage has been closed for years. He says, I know, I know, I know that somebody did it. And he said, he filled my car up with gas. He says, those tanks haven't had gasoline in them for years. Do you suppose that Brother Jerry was surrounded that night? Do you suppose he might have felt a little pressure come upon him? But God will send help to help you. And God will send help to help me. And God will send help to help us as a church. Amen? So when you feel like you're being surrounded, open your eyes. And look and see the King of glory. Is for you. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of that this morning? Praise the Lord. Amen. Say it with me. For the Lord is good. 
and His mercy endures forever. God is on our side. Thank you, Lord. The blessing of God. It's on my ears. And it's on my eyes. In Jesus' name.